It's time to hold it on, hold it on, hold it on to you. It's time to hold it on, hold it on, hold it on to you. You're listening to the Noise Cancelling Pod, the podcast about streamlining life, encouraging discourse, and maximizing your mind. Hosted by Frank Boyce and Axel Clark. Well, welcome, free thinkers. I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. And this is our first noise canceling micropod, the concept where we, we take one idea and we try to squeeze it into a half hour program. So, one thing to note on this, we'll be throwing this topic up on Facebook. So, that's facebook.com slash noise canceling pod. And we would uh, like to hear some feedback on this episode or, as we get into it, some of your crazy ideas. So, Axel, why don't you kick it off and tell us about what this episode is going to be about. All right. So, the, the episode today is, what's one crazy idea that you have? And so, Frank and I have put together a few of our top crazy ideas. We haven't revealed what they are to each other. And so, we're going to reveal them live on the podcast and then we'll probably have some discussion about the viability of each of these ideas and um, there, there's no category. They're just, just completely uncategorized crazy idea. The que- the question was just what's what's one crazy idea. So I'm gonna start the clock right now. We're on the clock for 30 minutes starting right now. Um, and uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead and kick it okay. off, Frank. So my first crazy idea for myself is I want to be published as a nonfiction, a novelist, and a children's author. Uh, maybe not in the same calendar year, although that would be that'd be pretty sweet. So I have I have book ideas for for all three categories, um, <laughs> but none of them are developed past just the idea section. So I, dude, I I got whole okay. So I need to send you this article that I I think I retweeted it today about how to be an author. But basically, the bottom line is you have to work hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good note. That's a good note. I feel like that's a that's a bit pointed. What, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, have you started on these at all, or do you, you have concepts, but do you have like outlines? So I have a, a pretty good storyboard for the first children's book. It was a, it would actually be a series of children's book um, about two camels in Morocco. Okay. Uh, so that, that's the first concept. Um, for the nonfiction, I just have a, a pretty brief outline and, and subject. And then for the novel, I actually have, let's see, I have a, a brief intro, I have a synopsis, and then I have a chapter-by-chapter chapter breakdown. Have you, uh, have you, like, is this something you've always wanted to do, or is this something new? I know you wrote scripts. Yeah, so I wrote that movie. And uh, do you think we should just post that up there? This is, this is the second time we've referenced it. Yeah, we probably should. I'll throw that. I'll throw that up on Facebook with Wait, a disclaimer. Do you, do you count Office Fit as a nonfiction published work? Uh, I mean, it is and it isn't. Um, just due to the length, I would consider that more of like a almost like an e brochure, um, or just short, short little ebook. But yeah, I wouldn't consider that a full nonfiction book. So, like, what steps are you taking to accomplish this? I gotta figure out first which one I'm. I think I'm gonna figure out which one I'm most passionate about, um, 
and then go from there. The the problem with the novel, that's probably the idea that I'm I'm most excited about. I really can't carve out the time that it takes to write that because I can't wait to send you this article. Basically it's just gonna tell you to quit being a, a what quit making excuses and no one has the time to write. <laughs> Yeah, but see, I, I can't write during started. the day. Like, I, I have to write between, like, 11 and 2 right. a.m., which, I mean, you could argue I really don't have much going on right there uh, now. So if I could just cut off three hours of sleep every night, I think I'd be, I think I'd be golden. I, I, I've, I've, thought about, I've thought about that from a sleep perspective, but I think sleep is, like, one of the most important things for feeling good. And so I don't know. I don't know if you can, if you can sacrifice it, maybe in, like, little increments. But I mean, so many great writers have had, uh, you know, they're never never the most positive people. So maybe it'll maybe it'll help my writing. Yeah, just being chronically <laughs> sleep deprived and, and blurry. Um, yeah, so that's my first my first crazy idea all right. to try to get all three of those published. Cool. All right, my first crazy idea is this sounds great this like people aren't gonna believe this and it's not like i i don't know if it's good advice but i think it's real advice is i think a master's degree in most cases is worthless i think that it's basically in career fields where it's difficult to tell if you can actually produce anything and so like they're like i need some sort of a distinguisher on whether i should hire someone and so i'm going to include a master's degree like where you can actually tell if someone is good at something like sales where there's like un like there, there's guaranteed results no one cares about a master's degree yeah there's proof and data right the yeah. only so i have one exception i think like if you're going to get into a big time mba program where like networking is a significant part of the program and it opens like networking doors then that's one thing but just like these standard online degrees i like i <laughs> i think they're worthless not worth yeah i do i think i think you could learn more on your own that like than just doing these especially now where it's just forums and posting i think it's just i guess it's like a test to make sure you can put in some work yeah i mean it's it's kind of almost like an aptitude aptitude exam I think I would argue it's maybe not worthless, but um, the return on investment is significantly less than it was in in the past, for sure. Yeah, that's probably a true statement. But yeah, if you're going to take it to the crazy idea, (laughs) then you're right. You need to say it's worthless. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is I will like I think I will. I'm not going back for another master's. And I. And I put it off because I really wanted to do it in the classroom. And then I ended up just trying to get through it as best I could. I just got done with mine, um, my MBA in May. Um, I wouldn't say it was worthless, um, but you you can definitely make a very strong argument that in three years I could have learned a lot more on my own than I did in that program. Right. Well, then the other thing that's interesting that's kind of coming up are what people are calling micro degrees and i've learned about this because i got into coding at the beginning of the year so i'm like seeing the different ways you can learn and so some of these online schools are just having little micro degrees on different languages or different pieces of the language so i don't like i don't know if that's more beneficial or not but that's kind of an interesting piece i mean there's a certain element to 
paying that much for for whatever it is you know like your your level of motivation is so much higher I, I know for you like coding right now you're pretty into it but you know staying on that for three months is different than staying on that for three years so I mean, I, <laughs> oh so I, you're saying that you have to like throw that big money down to i wonder if that's i mean i'm sure that's part of it, but ultimately <laughs> the problem is you're throwing that big money down but you're all you're trying to do is get through it and it's not like you're enjoying it yeah you're not trying to maximize it but but you're at least um trying to maximize the gain in a lot of stages where you're you're gonna at least attempt attempt to try it and to stay all the way through it compared to to some other things and and there may That's still be true. that is true like on all these pure free online classes like the online courses, everyone starts them and no one finishes them. So that's a true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, there, if you invest something that feels significant, you're you're much more likely to to follow it through. Um, so so maybe maybe the value of those programs is just that they cost so much money. <laughs> <They> co- <laughs> God. So if anybody wants to really learn a new skill, just contact me and uh, <laughs> yeah. feel free to invest as much as what you consider to be significant. All right, that was so, my first one. Okay, so my second one is is a gap year, um, which is kind of a a derivative idea from four hour work weeks uh, mini retirement. It was called mini retirements, right? Yeah, I think that. Yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but in my concept, you're really not necessarily um, you're not necessarily taking a long amount of time off, like you're you call it a gap year, but it may be six months or nine months or 12 months. And the reason why I consider what I'm thinking about doing to be crazy is I, if you can find a way where you can continue being employed by something either for, for free or with a nonprofit or something where you continue to have a title, there's really much less risk of having to reenter the workforce. Cause I think Right now, it's really difficult if there's any gap in your employment history to jump right back in. So I, I could see how, even for myself, I would be like, if, if I'm just not employed, I can't just take a year off because there's no no reason that someone's going to hire me right away when I come back. What about so, if you wrote three books? You could, I mean, you could write three books in a gap year for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to probably take my first gap year when I'm like 52 or 53. Um, are you aware that the air force has a pro a pilot program now where like, I think it's maybe five, five people can take a year off. I think it's either a year or three years. Yeah, actually I did. I did see when they came out with that. That's pretty awesome. And some companies are starting to, to do that what, too. I'd be interested to see who they let go and and what those people are doing. Yeah, that'd be great. If anybody listening is in that program, please, uh, please hit us up. Noise canceling pot at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think where I see the value in that is transition either just a year off if you're so burned out that you need a year off um, and you just want to travel. But for me, it would be more of a transition to a, a different career. Um, and actually, I'll just go straight into my next one because it relates to it. So I, I'm hopeful that I can do a gap here and then jump into a new business venture, which will be a micro coffee roastery coffee shop and a microbrewery and uh, bar at night. Has that, is this concept, does anyone else do this concept in the States? 
So I, I think there's one or two that transition from coffee shop to bar. Um, and there's tons of coffee shops that have um, a liquor license, but they're not really a bar. And there's tons of bars that also serve coffee, actually. But the reason why the idea is further out there is when, you, when you're calculating the startup costs of both a coffee roastery and a commercial brewery, you know, you're looking at about, I mean, like $650,000 at a minimum because of how much beer you need to sell to pay for all your commercial equipment. And so the reason why this idea would work is because you're, you're brewing beer at a much smaller level because you're just providing the beer for your own bar. And so by reducing how much equipment you need, you can, you can bring your startup cost down to about 85 to a hundred thousand. And so you, you really need to sell less. You have much less pressure to begin with and, and you can slowly build that clientele as opposed to how a lot of, um, microbreweries launch and they need to sell, you know, millions of dollars of beer in the first year or they're going to fail. What's the, like, what is the economies of scale in terms of buying beer equipment? So like you're saying that, that you can cheaply get in. So it's not a situation where there's significant startup costs to go. And there's not that much of a difference between like, I don't even know what the numbers would be, but t- like 10,000 to 25,000. Like it's not a situation where there's just big startup costs. And then the difference as you scale up is very little that's not the case well there's there's certain economies that you're talking about so like a home home brewing system you know you can get an amazing one for a thousand dollars a very small microbrewery system with commercial scale equipment you can probably get a setup for 35 to forty thousand dollars a full-scale commercial brewing where you're gonna put out somewhere around five thousand barrels of beer um, a year, the minimum you're going to start at is like $200,000, even, even if that, that's the, the absolute cheapest that you could possibly go. Yeah, yeah. So by having that smaller scale, kind of that in between home brewing, but also, you know, you can pass all the commercial codes and because you need a certain level of, of kitchen equipment and, and all of those things, um, you can get that pretty inexpensively and still produce a, a decent amount of beer and enough beer to easily um, satisfy a, a single single brewery. Um, and the other what? concept that I would want to bring to it is uh, it's BYOF. So bring your own food. So there's no actual kitchen. You know, you're just supplying, you're just supplying drinks all day. What, what location would you, are you considering? I mean, that's, that's the tough part because, you know, obviously I'm thinking, 20 years down the road, um, th- there'll be a lot of waiting to figure out where the whole beer market is going to go to, because if, if the beer market starts to, to dip, which I, I don't think anybody foresees, but it, it definitely could. And it, it's definitely very geographic where, you know, a place like Des Moines, Iowa, all of a sudden has, has 12 microbreweries. Like who, who knows what breweries are going to come out of there or is it just going to continue to keep growing? And that, ha- I mean, that's happened to almost every major city. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm not going to pretend to predict the future in 20 years, but you know, obviously if it's a coffee shop and a bar, you need to have a lot of pedestrian traffic and in in a very convenient area. Yeah. You go. All right. Well, I am going to try, try to predict the future in the next 20 years. So here's my, 
here's my idea that like I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that this is they're gonna have this in the future, but my idea is a digital tombstone. So I think like with people moving around as people start moving everywhere, like it's it's no longer like your where your grave and tombstone is at. It's like hard for people to get to, and maybe this is because I'm in the Air Force, so I've been moving around, so I have friends all over. So I think that that people, like people in the future will just, like I would just rather have a digital tombstone where someone can go on the internet and do whatever you would do at a tombstone. And also, like, so at first I was thinking that I would want a digital display on my tombstone that would kind of like go through some of the different, like have a, like a picture slideshow or something like that. Sure. But then I think like the upkeep on your on your actual stone would probably be like not worth it for like the three times a year people come visit. Sure. So I'm thinking that just a website and I think you could probably build it into ancestry.com. See, it would be like a merge between Facebook and ancestry.com because like you would almost want to pull your most of yourself off Facebook and then put it into some sort of a format, but I think it needs to be standardized. Mm-hmm. And like the problem now is <clears throat> there's too much information and there's too much garbage on there. So somehow you would have to have like an algorithm or something that would take like only the top things and then p- extract them out. And then you would have like a digital tombstone with digital content that someone could kind of like look through in 10 or 15 minutes and be like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's That was that person's life. Interesting. No, I think that that's a fantastic idea. Doesn't that not doesn't exist for sure? <laughs> I looked it up. Like I tried to find something, and I think there's like memorial sites and stuff, but there's not. Like I think it's important that somehow it pulls out of all your social media and just pulls like the the elements or the essence of who you are, and then mm-hmm. that ends up ends up being the like the digital tombstone piece of it. Interesting. So like you could. You could have someone write like your actual obituary, but the actual picture and, and moments captured throughout your life would would just be pulled out by right. the computer. Right. Or somehow, like somehow it would be distilled down. Because like looking through someone's entire, maybe someone would want to, but I think that you would just want to be able to see like the top, their top hits of what yeah. they worked on or what they did during their life. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea to develop. At first, I thought you were gonna go with like a drone carrying their ashes or something. Though, <laughs> I, well, so I did try to figure out what you, like if that if that matters or if that's relevant. But I think I did the first idea I had was to have a digital display on my tombstone, and then I don't think that's practical. So then I I've it's kind of morphed into a just a digital site that is the equivalent of a tombstone. That is interesting. I'm, an idea that just popped into my head is what if what if you had a, a GPS tracker that, like, people who sprinkle their ashes? Yeah. Like, what if there was, like, a GPS tracker to, to like, see where they, they went off into? That would be incredible. <laughs> I think I think for myself, I'm going to request that. Well, so what if you could shoot your ashes onto the moon? I wouldn't do then you well, would need Then you would need a digital tombstone. That was my just, next it would just blend in. Well, I mean, <laughs> why the moon? Why I don't not know. just outer space? I don't know. I think I'd rather just go in straight into outer space and just float off into perpetuity. Yeah. All right, so there you go, digital tombstone. I like it.
So I've, I've been rating mine um, least crazy to craziest. And uh, my final one is um, I want to start an agrarian commune that also functions as an event center. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I, so this is like a, a, a next extension to farm to market and like local, but then you need to like, if you built it on vertical, on this, these vertical farming techniques, you could actually have it in the city. Oh, that's interesting. I think I want, I mean, I want the space of, of some sort of countryside. And if, if you're wanting a, a beautiful event center to host any sort of great event you're going to want it a little bit out outside the city make it a little bit of a an excursion is this like the quakers but with an event center um or you you still have technology it wouldn't be like purely agrarian no not at all but what so what's the agrarian piece of it like the a calling card or the selling point would be that you guys grow your own food yeah so i mean i I think year-round food production would be would be kind of uh thing that would separate it from a, just a normal commune where there's a lot of focus on having fresh food available all the time, having like a full scale indoor fruit, fruit grove and all kinds of trees and inside. And, uh, you know, some of the difficulties of maintaining those climates for, for fruit trees will be, would be difficult, but it would be pretty cool to just have year round production. And I mean, in terms of overall living costs, so it decreases a lot over time. Yeah. And I think uh, I don't really think that's crazy in terms of like cold fu- cold fission or cold fusion. Um but in terms of a lifestyle where you're actually, you know, living living with people is so so different than how we are now where it's like you don't even you don't know your neighbors, like you may see them once, but it would be weird to be like, "Hey, do you think that this would turn into like a cult?" Because it doesn't seem that far off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> could anyone move into your commune, or do you have to like? It wouldn't you, be. Uh, it wouldn't be like a pure commune. Like there would be, there would be some a lot of restrictions. Like it wouldn't just be like anybody can come and go. It would right. be like that's what a cult is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm hopeful that it won't turn into a cult, I guess. But I can't I'm, wait for this. I mean, there's, people there's like, being... hey, go to the event center and check out these weirdos <laughs> out here in the agrarian commune. <laughs> they're key limes. They're key limes that come. <laughs> What's that? What kind of events are you gonna host at this thing? Like weddings and bar okay. mitzvahs and Will you guys be serving or what will you guys be part of the entertainment or how are you related to the event center? I mean that would just be how we made money. <laughs> like that would be that would be the career move is to own an event center. But it would be it would be full modern events where people could get catered food in and full live music if they wanted. Like it would that part would be normal. <laughs> what what size of your con- like what's your, the size of your commune? How many well, people are you talking? Uh, I think the ideal would be like four families. Okay. Yeah. Dude, this is a cult. This is great. <laughs> I I would appreciate it if you could withhold judgment on my crazy idea until it if I'm slash not saying whatever. It's a bad idea. I'm just saying like it's a great cult idea. 
<laughs> it's a well thought out cultish plan. Yeah. I, I, I can I can grant you that. So are you out? Do you have any more? No, I have one more. Okay, good. This one is out there. I have. There's two elements to this idea. So the first is it's more of a question. So the question is, what would a life like a higher life form to humans be look like or think? So if you could take a chicken compared to a human, what would a human compare to like the same level of increased? consciousness and level of thinking what would that life form look like or how would it think wow that is a crazy idea so would it be because it would would it be just purely smarter because i don't think that we're just purely smarter than chickens and maybe you have to go to uh like a monkey or something like that that's like has a little bit more actual conscious thought that's just not like operating purely on its animal brain Mm -hmm. but what would be like the next next level what i mean you think about for me i would think about what our our weaknesses are you know it's distraction uh motivation overall self-control yeah but those things are all like on the same level but like i would not not consider a chick like a chicken can't even comprehend what a human is thinking and doing so what is it even possible for a t- chicken to comprehend like what we're ha- what we're thinking or like can, has any chicken ever been like man i wonder if humans are thinking about this or is that just completely outside of their capability i don't know i mean you would think they feel feel some some level of it you know because i mean we're all on on some stratagem compared to somebody else you know how i may feel less emotion than you do but that doesn't necessarily make you a higher life form correct right yeah so i mean so okay so that's i have three elements the next element is once we have this higher life form would it be unethical for them to like lead us around on on leashes and harvest us for food (laughs) i love where this is going i absolutely love this this is a great thought exercise I mean, I think it it kind of would, right? I mean, because we would, we would realize that what was happening. We don't like it, but But maybe there are dogs that don't like it. Is it right? Right. (laughs) Even, even like, and I'm not even. I'm not like. I'm a. I'm not a vegetarian, but even like the animals just don't know what's going on. Like they're just living their life, not knowing what's going on. But like, maybe I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, so my last question, my last thought. Okay, so there's a concept called the singularity where at some point we're going to be able to like upload our thoughts into like the internet. Could you upload a chicken's thought into the internet? Like now? No, like once you could do that, like once humans could like upload their thoughts and we're all like part of the singularity, could you also take a chicken and upload them into the singularity and then would they be able to think like humans? Like, would they pick up what we could do? Or would you just have, like, chicken thoughts rolling around in the singularity that, like, what would those thoughts look like in the singularity? You're saying, like, would people, like, start, like, picking up rocks? <laughs> no, like, the chickens, would like, would they be able to, like, would they make the jump to be able to have conscious thoughts like a human? 
I mean, I think... If you upload their brain into the singularity. Evolutionary science would probably point that at some point they may, but it, it probably wouldn't be instantaneous as of the upload and download speed of the singularity. <laughs> but that'd all be right. interesting. I mean, I would love to talk to a chicken. Yeah. Well, all right. So that's my craziest idea I had or like come up with. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Should we, um, should we spitball one? You got? Do you have one? No, I'm, those those are my craziest. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. That I don't know if we can top that one. That was that one was really good. Did you hear I, that from somewhere, or did that just so like did that I've just been, like rattle did, loose in your head? So, I think like I've heard some like some podcasters just talk about the singularity. But I don't think I've ever heard of anyone talking about, like, if you could upload a human brain into the singularity, why could you not also upload a chicken brain into it? And then in theory, once you're in the singularity, like, everyone shares all information. So, like, at that point, would chicken be able to, like, pick up all this information? And, like, would it be on, at that point, would it be on the same level as a human? I don't know. I mean, it would definitely humanize the chicken, right? I mean, if you could, I would think so. if you could actually listen to what the chicken was thinking, I doubt he was thinking like, "Hey, I bet I'll taste pretty good for dinner next week." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like he's he's not gonna be super happy about that. Yeah, that's uh, that's really that's very interesting. I, I agree. I've never heard anybody bring up that that ethical dilemma with the singularity. <laughs> yeah. That'd be sweet. I mean, that will be sweet to talk to animals. They're they're probably think about like a cow. You think a cow has to be so much more sensitive in thought than we are? That just stands there, just like super mellow, chilled out. Well, they they probably. I think it's because in meditation they talk about that humans are the only animals that live in the past and live in the future. Like an, most animals are just there and they're just like they're living mindfully in the present. Interesting. So we have so much to learn. Yeah. So back to your original thought, do you, where do you think a higher level being would being would live? I th- well, in theory, they could live right next to us, like because the the difference between a chicken and a human, like we don't occupy different levels of like existence. Where we could like live in the same plot of land, but. W- this other life form would just be able to, I guess they would be able to think and have a higher level of consciousness, but I don't even, I don't know what that conscious level of consciousness would look like. Would it be outside of our understanding of time? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Could, yeah. That would be, yeah. Well, and you think about some of our physical limitations. So like we, we don't see everything that's in the world. Like we can, we can just see what our eyes can see. So, I mean, who knows? Do you ever think about there's some signals out there that, like, we just happen to pick up light, but, like, you could, there are some animals out there that pick up different signals, and, like, what if you replace your eyeballs with, like, ultrasound? That, that would, maybe just one. <laughs> I think, just one, I think I'll man. just start off with one. <laughs> just one. <laughs> but, yeah. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> this, that was my hope. That was my hope for this question. So... Yeah, actually, we're down to 10 seconds. So that was that was the perfect segue. So if you guys have any thoughts on what is your craziest idea, go to facebook.com slash noise-canceling pod, and you can... Oh, that's time. 
right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, go go on to Facebook, submit your comments. Um, any any closing thoughts before we 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 finish out the first noise canceling micropod? No, I think this was fun. I liked it. I'm I'm very appreciative that we both bring. <laughs> I generally bring the uh, self centered <laughs> viewpoint, and you bring a much more worldly viewpoint. So that's 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 very appreciated, Axel. So we'll talk to you. Um, scheduling note: there may be another pod coming out this week, um, depending on the GOP debate. So stay tuned for that. If not, we will be back next week, and we're excited for you to listen then. All right, everyone. Hey. Post up your ideas. We're interested to see uh, what you guys have out there. I'm sure we got some good ones. Oh, and last follow-up. We did have one person that asked for a custom workout. John from Louisville. I appreciate it, John. Uh, And I I hope you're excited about some workouts coming your way. So I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. Hey, find those crazy ideas. So I'd be afraid